We're going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7 this evening. So if you want to turn there in your copy of God's Word and join me, 1 Samuel chapter 16. And if you don't have it, I think it'll be on the screen behind me. And so uh, next Sunday will be, like I mentioned earlier, my last Sunday here at UBC. And so I just wanted to continue to say thank you. And I wanted to briefly just thank three different groups of people tonight. And so first, uh, I would like to thank the elders of University Baptist Church for just shepherding me uh, and just faithfully presenting God's word and the gospel to me just week after week. Uh, And so I can say from watching your lives that both individually as individuals and corporately together, Uh, that you guys represent Christ well and lead this church so faithfully. And so second, I would like to thank the deacons of University Baptist Church uh, and just say thank you for serving this church and uh, for all that you do to help the advancement of the gospel and thank you for leading by serving. And third, just thank you to the members of UBC. And so thank you for allowing me into your homes. Uh, Thank you for making me feel so welcomed here from day one. And just thank you ultimately for being the body of Christ to me and just showing me what a healthy gospel church looks like. And so I have learned a lot about uh, the church and Christ from the residency program, as I mentioned earlier, and I owe a lot, uh, or I owe much of that to you guys' support, both financially and in a multitude of other ways. And so with that being said, let's read and meditate upon God's word. So 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance, Or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so we've kind of stumbled here in this uh, this verse into the middle of a story. And so let's briefly discuss the context of where we find ourselves. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 16, we see that... uh, the Lord has just rejected the king uh, of his people, the king of Israel, Saul. And so he began to disobey him, to lead his people astray. And so the Lord says, I am going to choose the next king of my people. And so he, began to, he begins to direct Samuel to the next king who he has chosen by his own volition. And the story, as the story unfolds, we see Samuel roll up to Jesse's house. And as Brad mentioned this morning, he rolls up and one by one, Jesse's sons come by and he rejects each one. And uh, it's within that context that we find 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, where the Lord speaks to Samuel and he tells him, do not look on the outward appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so now with our context in place, would you just consider this for a moment? The God of the universe, the creator, is looking for a king to lead his people. And he says that what is most important, what matters most, is the heart. Which brings me to my first point tonight, and it's my only point tonight. And that is this, that the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord looks on the heart. And so Brad spent a considerable amount of time this morning reflecting on the truth of the Corinthian church and how they, he said they value the show and that that was the game that they played. And he went on to remind us that we are surrounded by a world that chases after pleasure and accolades uh, and worldly success. And he helpfully reminded us that we too can fall prey to those same temptations if we're not careful. 
because we often struggle or we often look at others' outward appearance and therefore we want to improve our own. And what we see in this passage this evening is the truth that God looks past these things that we often find most valuable and he looks directly at the heart. And so this passage of scripture, God's word to Samuel, help us to reorient ourselves as around what is truly valuable and worth our consideration. So I just want to spend a few minutes reflecting on what it means that, the God, that God looks at the heart, both for the believer and for those in the room who would not claim to be a believer in Christ. So in reality, every single one of us here this evening have a heart. If you have blood pumping through your veins and oxygen flowing through your body, then let me remind you that you have a heart. And when you read this word, God's holy and authoritative word, it, it reminds us, it tells us that the heart is far more than a vital organ that's keeping us alive day in and day out. The Bible mentions the word heart nearly 1,000 times. And the heart in scripture is a person's inner moral in spiritual life. It is the spiritual part of us where our emotions and our desires dwell. And Proverbs 4.23 tells us that all we do flows from our hearts. And what I want us to realize this evening is that that is either really good news or really bad news for not only every person in this room, but every single person that's living today. And so what do I mean by that? Well, all throughout Scripture, we are presented with the truth of our natural state without God. Speaking directly in regard to our hearts, verse 9 of Jeremiah 17 tells us this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? When we consider the truth that God spoke to Samuel when he said, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart, it becomes a sobering thought to consider the natural state of our hearts and to recognize our total depravity. And if you are in the room and you would not consider yourself a believer, I want to ask you to consider your sin. Now, what is sin? The New City Catechism answers that question, what is sin, by saying sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world that he created, not being or doing what he requires in his law. And so with this in mind, I want you to consider all of the sins that you have committed. Not only the ones that you are guilty of behind closed doors or in your head, but every single sin that you have ever committed. And know that the Lord has seen them. He sees your heart. He sees the depravity and the wickedness of your heart. And for those who haven't yet believed in Christ, this truth ought to terrify you. Because God is perfect. God is holy. And we are not. We are uh, sick and wicked and sinful by nature. Romans 3.23 tells us that we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of our sin is death. An eternal death. But let's not stop there because, friends, there is hope. If you continue reading on in Romans 6.23, it says, But the free gift of God is uh, eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is an eternal and a saving hope. And I want you to recognize that this same God, the God who looks upon and knows your heart, has sent his only son, Jesus, 
into the world, and he is the only one that has walked this earth with a perfect, undefiled, sinless heart. And he lived a life that we could not. He died the death that we deserve, where he took God's punishment for our sins upon himself on the cross. And he was buried and he rose three days later, proving that God had accepted his sacrifice on our behalf. And we are told by this very word that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. Friends, repent of your sins and follow him. Trust, in, trust that you can, in fact, be made right with God. That your heart, your sinful heart, can be made new. You can be forgiven of your sins. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Brothers and sisters in the room, those of you who know Christ to be your Savior, would you consider your sins? Would you consider the sins that you've committed in the past? Would you consider the sins that you committed today, this afternoon? And let me ask you to again consider Jesus, your Savior. Would you recognize and rejoice in the fact that if you have trusted in Christ as your Savior and repented of your sins, that your heart has been made new? That in his sovereignty, he saved you. He softened your heart. He has adopted you. And you can now cry out to him and come before him with confidence because you are now in right relationship with him, the creator, God. The Lord looks on the heart. If you are in Christ, that means that when he looks at you, he sees Christ's righteousness. Not because you have abstained from sin entirely and mustered up the righteousness that God requires. Not because you have been good enough, but because the Spirit has regenerated your heart. Because by the Spirit's work in you, you have responded to his call and trusted in the only one who was good enough. The holy, perfect Son of God, Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, you have been elected you have been called. You have been justified. You are being sanctified. And one day you will be glorified. As Brad reminded us this morning, he is coming back for us. And one day we will spend eternity with him in glory. It is so easy to begin to glance around and to run after worldly aspirations. It is so easy to measure ourselves based on our achievements, our performance, and our outer appearance. But let me remind you, Christian, that you need not do this. 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord looks on the heart. So what does this mean for us, the members of the body of University Baptist Christ, as we sit here and read this and then move forward tonight? I want to give you two just quick applications. The first is this, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything that you do flows from it. The Hebrew translation of guard means to keep above all keepings. So above all you guard, your marriage, your family, your bank account, your passwords, your car, your house, guard your heart with more vigilance than anything else. UBC family, protect your heart from sin. 
Guard it with all that you have got. And what does it look like to guard your heart? Get active in the life of the church. Surround yourself with people who hold you accountable for your sin. Govern your speech. Stay away from gossip and slander. Saturate yourself in this word. Which brings us to the next point of application, and that is feed your heart a healthy diet. Feed on his word. Engage in the life of the church. Fellowship with brothers and sisters. Witness baptisms. Take part in the Lord's Supper together. And by doing these things, feed your heart a healthy, steady diet of the gospel. And beyond that, if you have children, begin to feed them a steady diet of the gospel. Teach them scripture. Help them to recognize their sin. Allow them to watch and to witness baptism and the Lord's Supper and explain it to them. Help them to recognize that God, or God's words to Samuel is the most important thing about their lives is the position of their heart before the Lord. This morning, Brad gave an amazing exposition of 2 Corinthians 5, 11 through 15, and I want to reiterate what he said this morning. He says it touched me in his encouragement to us, and that is this, that nobody has loved you as Christ has loved you. And nobody has done for you what Christ has done for you. Brothers and sisters, the Lord looks at the heart the creator of the universe, the one who gave us this book, the one who has always been faithful to his people, the one who has the power to control the earth and everything in it, the one who gives and takes away life. He sees your heart, and it has been made new. It has been washed clean by the blood of Christ. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? Let me pray that we would, and that we would always remind ourselves and one another of that truth. Would you join me? Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for the way that it describes our state without you and the way that it so clearly paints a picture of who we are, God, apart from you. And the fact that we are dead in our sin, God, that we, and that is something that we can recognize just day in and day out. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would continue to remind us, God, the body of University Baptist Christ of the gospel of what you have done for us through Christ. And Lord, we thank you for just the opportunity to gather as a body and to just remind one another of the gospel and to fellowship with one another. And Lord, we just ask that you would allow us to continue to do that, God, that we would continue to point one another toward you, the only one in whom we can find rest for our souls and ultimately eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.